Conversations with Friends. Welcome to Conversations with Friends. And tonight's topic um, we are going to, to discuss is the Black Family Dead. Um, <laughs> it's kind of an interesting topic, but I think the topic and the information that we will bring will make us look at the um, topic a little bit different than most people just will look at it and say, right, is, is it dead or isn't it dead? So without further ado, we have uh, the chef, Melodic Storm. And we have a recurring guest, Dee and Sheik, um, who are a married couple, and they don't mind sharing their insight and uh, their expertise in this subject. So, uh, Melodic, what's going on? Hello. Hello, hello, hello. How are you? I'm, I'm good. Uh, how's everything going? As you know, you know. Everything's going. Everything's going? Mm-hmm. How's our illustrious guest doing? I'm good. I'm good. Got to watch my my, uh, my game today, so I'm good. Oh, Golden State, right? Yes, yes. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> I'm good right now. So we have this we have this topic, is the black family dead? And most people will say, well, you know, um, I have a sibling who's black. I'm black. Or even if you don't got a sibling who's black, because according to the one drop rule, all you need is one drop of blackness and you're black. Um, you have kids that are black. Um, so I ask you, 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 you two uh, beautiful guests, what is your view on the black family and, you know, what, what, how do you view it just in general? Was it important in the courtship or you didn't pay it no mind or just you know, take it away? Um, I don't think the, the dynamic of the black family is dead, to be 100% honest with you. I actually feel like it's thriving in this time because I grew up in a time where, you know, my mom was a single mom. I live with both. I live with my mom at one point. I live with my dad at one point. But I grew up in a uh, family structure where the majority of my women, the women in my family had children, but there were no men present aside from, you know, like uncles and grandfathers. So having my husband present or seeing my brothers be fathers and present in their children's lives and being with the women that they created these families with, I think that they're thriving in this point and I'm happy to see them grow and glow. Okay. I would definitely agree. I mean, I've seen like, I have friends that are with their significant others that they've had kids with. They might not be married yet, but they're working towards that. And I feel like, uh, us as black men are starting to realize that we need to be there for our black women and for our children because for a while there, I know a lot of people are staring away. Oh, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm gonna go get with the 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 other races and trying them out because the black women too hard. They got too much opinion. But I love my wife's opinion. I, I love it. What it? <laughs> I love me. 
because I, I need mean, the challenge. <laughs> Dion, let me ask you. Talk to me. Do you think, you know, as as, as us as black men, mm-hmm. do you think that um, black women challenge us? Because you said that. You said, yes. I, you know, you explain that. They, yeah, you challenge, when I say challenge me, you challenge me to be better. You challenge me to be the better version of myself. If you see me slacking somewhere, you're going to challenge me and say, hey, you need to do better at this. You was messing up here. You you hold me accountable. Right. Mm. Do you think, I'm, I'm going to ask you, Dion, I don't, I don't want to turn it into me and yes show. But, <laughs> but, but it's, it's interesting that you're saying is because some of the same exact things that you're saying to a T is how I, I personally feel. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think that the challenge comes from because she knows you? Like, when I mean knows you, knows she was there with you through every through thick and thin generations. She knows the struggle. She's been through the struggle with you. So at the end of the day, she's not putting a burden on you that, that you can't bear. I think that plays a part in it. And I also think what plays a part in it is as a black woman, as a black woman, she knows how hard it is for a black man in America. Absolutely. So she's going to make sure that she keeps me on the right path. Because as men, I'm not going to lie, as men, sometimes we can see she's doing it right now. Um, as men, sometimes we can stare away and we get we get caught up in our own little nonsense sometimes. And it takes a black woman to be like, hey, come on, let's get let's get back on what we need you to get on. Melodic. <laughs> what is the question for me, sir? Uh, I don't, I don't, you know, I, 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 I don't have a question for you. I mean, you know, um, I think that when we when we chat and we we talk about the subjects that we're going to talk about for the show, this is like um, a show. I would think that speaks to the core of your creation of conversations with friends and what you, what you value to be everything. Um, (laughs) Understanding, you know, that it's it's about family first and understanding that, you know, if, if a person basically don't got no love for themselves and their family, then they can't really express or show love to the world. Absolutely not. So I know that I know that this topic speaks to the mission statement to conversations with friends, the creation of the show, and and so forth. Indeed, it does. Indeed, it definitely does. Um, I, I know that we we constantly have conversations about the black family and. We, we constantly have conversations about the black family and how, you know, just, just social trends um, and how, you know, it seems like we have black men against black women and vice versa. And they're constantly battling it out. And this show definitely, definitely touches on, on all of that. Um, I think all of our shows are probably like puzzle pieces to our, you know, like like you said, to the mission statement and just to our community in general. And I, 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 to me, like the black marriage, the black family, that's definitely 
it's definitely what we're here for. We're we're here. We you, we need each other in order for us to continue on, to continue our legacies, etc. To teach our children. You know, as a um as as a man who has a child and he's not with his mother. Mm-hmm. One of the things in the environment that I wanted to create with having a child is, even though his mo- me and his mother wasn't together, was still having that true co-parenting moment. Okay. Um, my grandparents grew up, I grew up around my grandparents and seen the example of what, what I would consider a good black family together mm-hmm. and how they, they parented seven children mm. all differently, differently with each parent and differently collectively. So with my son, me and his mother, um, in spite of what we may have went through personally, we always kept it a hundred when it came to co-parenting. Co-parenting and, and the vision that both of us had for him. Okay. Um, because we didn't we both, I mean, she probably more than me, she was a little bit more she was the soccer mom, the football mom, even to this day, like, don't worry about it, I got it. Don't you know, I I you know, that's that's my guy. Right. And she probably, as a parent, was more the disciplinarian more than I was. Oh, so you were the fun parent? Oh, wow. Yeah, 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 yeah. We have another We have another guest joining us. All right. What's yeah. up, Dana? Hi, Dana. Welcome. Hello, hello. Forgive me for being here. I'm good that's... on a Sunday evening. How are you guys? Wow. We're great. That's good. That's good. Nice to see some beautiful faces. So, 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 Dana, since you, you know, we all had an opportunity to, to to run off with our choppers, and you just joined us. Um, what is your view on is the black family dead, and where is it going, and you know what you think? And I mean, the black family been in destruction. It was written in the books. I read the ISIS papers in like the nineties when it came out. And the government plotted to do just what it did. And it took the structure out of the black home, which is the black man. And I mean, I definitely see the see it in, in our culture and our society. And, and so I don't believe black marriage is dead, but it's definitely, you know, at a stand. Challenge. Mm-hmm. It's a challenge, yeah, for sure. <laughs> Thank well, you. Yeah. Well, 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 Dana, I don't know how much you got a chance to join, join, listen to before you was coming in, but right. what Dion has said was a key point was that his wife, she challenges him in a good way. She challenged him to be a better person, a better man, a better father, and a better husband. And he welcomes the challenge, and he understands that it's not coming from a place of hate. It's coming from a place of love. Do you think, Dana, do you think that a lot of times in the structure that the man or the woman or whatever may think, oh, this is coming from a place of hate. He wants me to do better because uh, he don't like me. Because we see a lot of the quote unquote black men and black women attacking each other. Right. I would say, I mean, it depends on if the person is in a, a place where they could receive, I mean, if that's your partner, you know, constructive criticism and all that good stuff. So it, it, if, if the person themselves is a little healed, then yeah, maybe they'll be able to 
understand that type of communication. But for people out there that had just like bad with, you know, past, et cetera, that's a different story. So it might feel like it's an attack when it's not, especially if they don't know how to communicate. I mean, communication is key. But if the other person on the receiving line has all this trauma <laughs> and their communication doesn't, it doesn't hit right sometimes. So I agree with what you said, Dana. Yeah, you can say it in the nicest way possible and still trigger them somehow if they are not, you know, in a mature place. Right, exactly. So I, I agree. I agree with, oh, I'm sorry. No, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. You go. I agree with what you said. Um, but I also feel like, um, within the confines of a relationship, you should give critical, um, you know, constructive criticism, but you shouldn't be critical of the other person. Um, you should also reward that person with compliments when they are, you know, doing something correctly or, you know, uh, eh, positive reinforcement, definitely. So, I, I mean, it, I think it takes a little bit of both. It's give and take. So I'm going to add to that. I think also you have to um, know when and when not to have those conversations. Sometimes it's not the right time to bring up certain things. And if you do, if you do bring it up and the person isn't in the, if, if, yeah, like for example, if, if my wife comes to me and she's like, Hey, I didn't like this situation. And I'm like, okay. And I'm not, I'm being a little combative and I know it myself, I'm being combative. And I told her, Hey, I need a second. She gives me that second. It's sometimes where women and men, they just keep going instead of respecting that I need a second. I'm not saying that I don't understand what you're saying. I'm saying that give me a second to process what you're saying. Right. I agree that too. I definitely um, have learned through the years not to always be reactive because my ex-husband and I was married for 16 years. He was a narcissist. He was abusive. So I had to learn how to fight in that marriage because I was a real timid, quiet type of person. And so I had learned to react when he reacted. So me trying to communicate to him was almost impossible (laughs) sometimes. And it will always be something that was triggering. So that sounds wonderful in the real world when you're dealing with somebody that is on a healing journey or heal or just a person that has emotional intelligence, but someone who is abusive and a narcissist. Right. Exactly. Right. So, so let me. But I agree with one hundred percent. Yeah. Let me ask you because we have three um, beautiful black women on the on the panel. D. Yes. So, so I need to ask you a question that me and you hear quite often, and and I believe that um, we may not understand it to an extent. When black women say that they don't feel protected, My and I know, and, and I know, and I know you being a husband, and you ain't no small guy like me. We're big men, and we may not understand. Like, yo, what do you mean you don't feel protected? I protect my women in my life. Like, what do you mean by that? So my wife has never said that because I don't just try to protect her physically. Me being the, the size man I am, what I try to do, because I know I can, I already know I'm going to be able to protect you physically. My job now is to protect you emotionally, mentally, 
and, and on every other aspect. I need you to feel comfortable with me on all of those. I need you to feel like I can come to you and say anything to you and not feel judged, not feel like you're going to use it against me in another situation. And that's what I try to do with my wife. Ladies, do uh, um, and I know I've never I've never seen um either of you three ever say that statement, but we see it quite often, definitely on social media where black women something will happen and you look at the comments and most people be like, oh we don't feel protected and then they'll even quote Malcolm and say oh he said that the black woman is the least protected woman on face this earth. Do could y'all give some light if you can of what that means? I, I don't have that experience, although, you know, you know, my ex was, you know, we didn't, he protected me because he was an alpha male. So by far, he protected the family. We knew that physically. And then a part of our marriage, because we did, we was married for 16 years. I experienced just what she said. And he said, you know, he was supportive of me emotionally and all that good stuff. He was there spiritually when, whenever I needed him. But, you know, a point in time, it came in the marriage that I felt that I was no longer protected physically because now I had to fight with him. And then as far as friends around us who knew exactly what was going on, I felt the least protected. So I definitely get that, but I'm coming from a different standpoint because, you know, as you can hear, I experienced mental and physical abuse during my marriage. So I have a different viewpoint. Um, I, I, I kind of have to agree with what Dana is saying. It's, it's some of the comments. I don't think that they're necessarily saying that they're, they don't feel protected within their family or within their marriage. Sometimes when you're like she said, if you're you and your spouse are at odds. Right. And you have mutual friends, you're going to start seeing those mutual friends pick sides or stuff like that. So you don't feel protected in that aspect. They don't want to hear what's right or what's wrong. They have the rose colored glasses on and they're going to be like, well, I do this one first. So whatever they say, I'm going to go. So I think that's that's just what it is. It's, it's not that they probably don't feel protected in their marriage or their family. They don't protect it in the circle that they feel like the one circle that you created, that family with your friends, that's the family that you created. And when you don't feel protected in that aspect, then I can see where that comment comes from. Okay. Yep. Okay. So. <laughs> I mean, it's an interesting thing. And it's funny because um, me, and, me and the chef up there, Melodic, when we have our conversations about the shows and we always think about topics, this is always an interesting thing of um, – we agree on 99% of the stuff. And then some of the things we don't agree on, it'd be the weirdest outlook when we look at situations and then we look at the situation and we voice our viewpoint. And then we'd be like, why do you look at it like that? So it's, you know, I just wanted to ask that question. I, didn't want I, think nobody that, to... I think that some women feel unprotected because, excuse me, there's a lot of infighting within our group. There's infighting with women. There's infighting with men. Um, you know, um, I, I think, when it comes to other races, you don't hear them bashing their women like you hear black men bashing their women. So it's That's like, true. you know, yeah, it, yeah. It, it's, it's like true walking on a conversation or whatever. And they just, sometimes they just go ham on, on black women. 
and and I think that's where that comes from as well. Yeah, and then you have to think about it too. You always hear the phrase "a strong black woman." Not all of the time we want to be strong black women. <laughs> Sometimes we just want to be in oh, that moment or that or in that you know just be present in that moment. But society makes us feel like we have to carry the weight of our family on our back because, like Dana said before, there were systems put in place where the men were out of the house, so the women were raising these kids by themselves or being the authoritative figure and mm -hmm. the fathers didn't have any say. So now when you move in and shifting into a newer generation and you have co-parenting or you're dealing with um, children and you're, you know, the men are present, you have to let that be known. Sometimes I don't want to be the strong black woman as <laughs> us working 80 hours a week. I want to just, just be me, just, you know, take I, my hat off. I think that. media plays a big part in it too, as far mm -hmm. as like that, because if I feel like when when a man, a black man is big enough, black women, they look at him as weak in media a lot of times. So a lot of black men don't try to do it as much when I feel like you should always pick up a black woman because you came from a black woman. You know what I mean? You wouldn't be here if it wasn't for a black woman. Absolutely. Um, I also would like to touch on the fact that when you say someone is strong or you look at someone as being strong, you look at that person as okay they can hold it they can hold everything down on their own so you don't need help and that's not that's not necessarily true the family dynamic they're supposed to be a mother and they're supposed to be a father if i'm strong and there's no mother and no father and but i'm so strong so she's taking care of everything on her own you know we're first of all in a lot of instances because a lot of black women feel they have to wear this superwoman cape. Mm -hmm. That's first and foremost. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you don't even make space to space. let that male in to help mm -hmm. you. You know what I mean? I think so, that's what friends call it, it. Not only I that, think I think we become conditioned. Let me, let me tell you something that happened when I went to the grocery store and I actually had to catch myself. I was leaving out the grocery store. I had a cart full of bags. I had about like 10 bags and they was heavy. You know, I'll be trying to keep some muscle going. So the two young men said to me, can we help you to your car? And I was like, no, 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 I got it. And they were like, you sure? And I'm like, no, I still said no. I got to the car and then I was struggling with one of the bags and was like, why didn't I let him help me? Why didn't I let him help me? So we do become very conditioned to stay strong, not even not even a, a second to rest sometimes, you know? Like I used to feel guilty if I was resting, like, oh my gosh, I'm relaxed. <laughs> like you so, gotta yeah. get up and do something. Mm -hmm. But right. you know what it is? We saw our grandmothers do it. We saw our mothers do Absolutely. it. And we, we question ourselves, well, if they can do it, why can't I do it? Agreed. And they had to do it. And since that happened, I don't think we got any, obviously, reconditioning to then allow the black man to come and be the head of his household. Because even sometimes with the black man, they didn't understand that we needed to rest too, mm -hmm. right? right? Like right. you're the head of the household, but I still need to rest too. Right. So I can't do both. You really need to be the head of the household. <laughs> but I, I, think I think a lot of women, I'm sorry. No, I think a lot of women are actually doing much better nowadays because there's a lot of um, self-awareness. Um, I, I think that a lot of women do reach out to their sister circles and they say, hey, wait a minute, hold on. Allow that allow that man to be a man. Allow that well, man we started healing before the black men. I, I, I really want to okay. talk about it because we did. We started healing before them. So then our sisters really became our sisters and we really started to branch and communicate. So the black man still hasn't caught up. They still need hugs. 
They still need understanding, but they need to start healing on, you know, because it's still a lag time there in between that. So well, and but they I'm, have to want to heal. That's the thing. Yes. Some of them don't think that they need healing. Exactly. They don't think so, it's anything. I'm gonna say this. Um, oh wait, we gotta let Quentin talk. <laughs> <laughs> one, of, one, of, one of the things that, that, Dion, that Dion mentioned when he spoke about media and social media, for example, is a lot of times, some sometimes people's online social media behavior is not the reality of how most people deal with their circle. They go to work, they go to grocery stores, they go wherever they go to socialize. And for the most part, I believe that people live what we would say normal lives. Um, one of the things that I, I believe outside of just the family unit is dealing with the opposite sex with love. And what I mean by that is if you have a friend of the opposite sex, you're, you should be empowering them. It ain't got to be like, oh, I want to be with them. That has nothing to do with it. We're talking about like building them up, um, being being a true friend, showing them love. Like I'm a, I'm a person I love to compliment people, and I noticed that a lot of times people just be having, like Dana mentioned, so much trauma that their perception of everything that goes on, definitely in social media, is always negative. Even if it's a negative situation that happened. They perceive it as more negative than wisdom. They don't know how to express love, compassion, uh, forbearance, and understanding. Right, because they're so comfortable with that anger. You have that anger, and it, it, it consumes you. So if you like, don't make space for the love, it you know you you just you, you actually probably forget how to show love. Yeah, well, a lot of them have never been loved. That that's a big properly one. anyway. A, big one. Exactly. a lot of them. When I talk to, um, I'm I'm gay by the way. I'm a lesbian. Um, who asked you that, Dana? I, I bet because I'm about to explain. I'm, to, <laughs> I'm I'm getting to a point. So I date. So Marcus Houston just got went viral because he said that women over forty were like has so much baggage. Blah blah blah. Right. And I have to agree with him because I date women and women over a certain age group, one out of every three has trauma that they never even thought to start to begin to heal. And so what I get from them is all of this. I, you know what I always get told? Nobody ever loved me like you before. No one. And I'm like, and just like Quentin was saying, just compassion and just, you know, just intimacy on a level like what it's supposed to be when they call unconditional love. You know what I mean? And they just don't understand what it is or what it looks like or what it feels like. So like, to reciprocate. <laughs> What'd you say? I said, well, probably how to reciprocate. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So Melod melodic, uh, I know you have some stuff of under your sleeve there. On on these statistics, and I think that the statistics will be quite alarming on um, the black family and the marriage. I think a lot of times, like in that media, plays a dangerous game. Every and and, and I never knock nobody on who they love. I just think that when you do choose to 
date outside your race being in America, you need to understand the history. Um, because you're gonna it's gonna be some pushback, not from people that you may expect, but it may be some pushback from the systems that were put in place to push back. Um I don't even think it's just that though. I think you gotta also realize that you guys, if you're dating outside your race, you you were raised in two different cultures. Absolutely. So you're not gonna always understand each other. A, a, a Latino woman or a Latino man or a white woman, a white man are not gonna understand the struggles that a black man or black woman went through, and we're not gonna understand what they go through. Right. That's just that's just the what it is. Right. We only know what we see, but we don't know. They're not going to approach situations the same way as we do. And we're not going to approach situations the same way as they do. Well, some people say that the dating pool got piss in it. <laughs> and, and you know, when they say it and you say, and I've heard, I, hear, I actually heard it the other day and um, I was thinking about it. And my, my suggestion to the person was sometimes we have these expectations on people that's like we're at Build-A-Bear and you just think that you're going to have this perfect person that don't got no flaws. And then we got to understand that we got flaws. Like Absolutely. we just think that sometimes we're so perfect, like we're so good and we're desirable. And it speaks to Dana's point about the, the 40, the over 40. Like sometimes people be thinking, you know, I want, I want this particular guy. Um, did you look at yourself? Not saying anybody's <laughs> ugly, but do you have that same standard or expectation on yourself? Right. So you I think that's someone when, else. I think that's when your your friend circle, if they're really your friends, <laughs> to, to let you know about yourself. Right. I've, I've had situations like that where I've had. Uh, friends be like oh no that's he's not my type this person's not my type i'm not doing that da, 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 da. and i had to sit them down and be like yo look what you've been dealing with has not been working so you need to and if my favorite thing to say to my friends is if it's a female is that's a good man okay <laughs> <laughs> Dion, Dion, that's like the phrase. They'd be like, you know, I, I had a, I had a, um, I got a friend, right? She, she said something on social media one day, and I went straight to her inbox. She was basically talking about, um, one of the celebrities, and you know, one of the celebrities. He checked all the boxes in her eyes, right? And she was like, I don't date those types. He got to be a step down, and I'm like. What do you mean to step down? Like what, she was like, so basically she was saying somebody that all the women wouldn't look at. And I'm like, I, I was confused. And I'm like, you should want somebody that's desirable like yourself. I believe that you know the the, the, the beautified the beauty gene and what society deems as beauty is a very interesting phenomenon into the conversation because I think that um People go outside the expectation that they have in their head and have this dream of what the perfect person is. And, and then when you usually it's not a black person. Yeah. And then when you no, 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 no. The word is exotic, melodic. I'm I'm looking for exotic. <laughs> we've we've been conditioned to believe that we're not desirable, we're not pretty, exotic. we're not good enough, our hair is too curly, etc. Our lips are too big, our noses are too broad. 
So, you know, I, I mean, yeah. yeah, the standard of beauty in this country is usually not um, black. Mm. However, I will say that we do a great job of bigging ourselves up and embracing our beauty now. Yeah. But yeah, in the last year, yeah, the, the natural movement that the black women took on, I think that was just like a slap in so many people's faces because they made corporate America and education system just accept our natural hair. I'm right. with it. Love it. Yeah. So in the last few years, I see a lot of that change and a lot of black women, especially embarking on self-care and just their own beauty trends. So, I, you know. I hope you keep up and these BBLs stop it because that's that's Ooh, like okay. that's like uh, the most yeah, I don't I don't get it, but you know, let's I see. I love my wife for that because we have two girls and she she always makes sure to tell them like your hair is beautiful, yeah, beautiful, everything about you is beautiful. And I, I do the same thing, but it's like when you have a black woman, which is their role model, telling them this stuff too. It, I, I love to see it. I love right. to see it. Yeah. I, so if that's a trend, I hope it keeps up because I'm loving it too. Yeah. That's that's sure. dope. Yeah. Do Do you guys think like we 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 know that there were certain systems in place and it, it's amazing how we went through a phase of black is beautiful, black power, um, and we all acknowledge it, and now we see a phase where people know what it is but now it's more of like you said you bring up the bbls and i'm quite sure it's um it's a lot of men getting these type of surgeries as well it's just not women that you see it's being people are exploiting themselves do you think like damn we did all this stuff to come through an era of instilling confidence in each other and now it's like I'm going to show my ass to the world. Get all the that was put into instill that the black is beautiful and have some pride of who you are and where you came from. I don't know where we turned left on that. I really can't remember. I don't know if it was the in the Kardashians, but something happened <laughs> to black women where, you know, these surgeries just made them like a, like a look at Black China. She was a marketing genius you know what i'm saying and so many women adapted to that i i never thought it was beautiful i mean it's you know but to each his own but yeah uh, i i think i think it has a lot to do with value and you valuing yourself yeah you know yeah, and, not and only value i think it has a lot to do with we live in a popcorn society so if you get these things and you look like the next influencer and you post a few pictures you don't have to be the regular girl you was yesterday. You know what I mean? With just your 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 little circle, you can blow up. You could become famous. So I think that a lot of people do it for the clicks and the likes and stuff. That, like that. I, that's what I was about I agree, to say. But my thing is also if so, we're talking about black marriage, right? Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. if you're doing this because you're trying to attract the opposite sex, right? Mm -hmm. Because clearly, to you, whatever's going on with you is is not enough. For you to attract who i guess who you want or what have you my thing is where does the value come in because my thing is i don't want somebody who's just concerned with the way that i look because 
you know, my my faith and my body are not my most valuable asset. My mind is. So I'm, I'm, what I'm going to say about that is I think the women that do that aren't actually looking for that marriage. What they're looking for is that sugar, the sex sells. Benefactor. Right. Exactly. Sex sells. So they're looking for somebody that's going to spend all this money on them. They're not looking for a happy marriage and stuff like that. They're looking for the money. They're looking for the truth. The thing is, it has transitioned to normal, regular people. Mm-hmm. Because that's what they all see, so they think right. that's and that's what. But that's all. It goes back to social media. That's what social media. Social them. media is setting the beauty standards now. Exactly. You have so regular girls walking down is. the street with BBLs, looking a hot mess, showing all your ass. Right. You I get do upset think that, if somebody um, wants to slap you behind or 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 cat call you. That that's what you put out there. What you put out there is what you're gonna get in return. I do I do think, and it's interesting that Dana brought up Black China. I am somebody who uh, knew kind of knew of Black China before you know dealing with Rob Kardashian. Um, I've always thought I always took her side from what I saw, and I don't know what it is about her now and her transition. Back to quote unquote finding herself again. I'm I'm personally loving it. And I do think that a lot of people are watching. And I do think that her transition to wherever she's going now, I believe that her influence is going to be eventually so big within the next couple of years because people are watching her. People are watching what she gave up. You know, she claimed that she made more than fifty million dollars with OnlyFans um, to give that up for herself. I think that she's going to, as we would say, buck the trend, and she's going to start a trend of people just being loved and normal. And I'm not saying people aren't normal, but people just being who they are and being and, and being satisfied with. If they can't accept you with who you are, then you don't need to be dealing with them. Right. What'd you say, She? We heard you a little bit. I was asking him which which one of those rappers the, said they it like wasn't no, it was the, the comedy special. Oh, okay. that, um oh no, Kendrick Lamar said it too. And a the, little little tiger root. Something natural, like uh some stretch marks. <laughs> Did you say tiger root? They call it tiger root. <laughs> Like, can't wait they're to little, they're a little fupa there with a little fupa, a little tiger roo. <laughs> so melodic, I know that you know you do what you do. Mm-hmm. I know you have some very interesting statistics. I think you might want to share them if you can. Yes. All right. So the numbers are staggering, people. <laughs> <laughs> so the black divorce rate is the highest. The blacks have the highest divorce rate amongst other races. The black divorce rate is 30.8 whereas for Hispanics it's 18.5 and for whites it's 15.1. Our rates are like double Mm. and then some. Excuse me. I think a lot goes into that though. Yeah, I mean, black men are the, the number one race to go to jail. Agreed. Of course, the of course the divorce rate is higher. He's not here. 
It's not only that. Like, yeah. black, black, as black people, they know their worth. So if they feel like it's not working, they're not afraid to leave it and find that next thing. But, but do they? Places, but do they? To, yeah, I was going to say, I don't really agree with that, though, because, I mean, our marriages are plagued with so many things going on. And I think that some, that's the part that's not being addressed. Like, don't get me wrong. There are people in happy marriages. I have some friends that just like he is the most beautiful black man on this planet. He's been with his wife for 25 years. They just are amazing people. And he just, she's so spoiled in the best way possible because she's an awesome person too. And I just love to see that. So I know it exists. However, there's a large percentage because it's plagued with so many things like mm -hmm. finance, sex problems, just infidelity. infidelity, just, oh my gosh, it's, it's a lot. So it's so much in that 38%. It's not one thing that could break it down and say. Right. And but but what I was saying with that was, I, I think I was, I put it the wrong way. What I'm saying, like with the infidelity thing, a black woman will leave a black man because they just don't put up with that. Where I've noticed in like other races, they'll stay more often and just deal with it more over a black woman or a black man because they I feel sometimes I feel like we know our worth more like no I'm not I know what I bring to the table I'm not going to deal with this we we made these vows we need to stick to these vows where believe it or no. not mm -hmm. a lot of women cheat as well yes within the the course of uh, of, of a marriage as well so um a lot yes yes <laughs> <laughs> Easy, Dana. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm just keeping it real. So, you know, what, I, I mean that, that plays into and it, it plays into the numbers also. But but before we Absolutely. move forward, can I just give you guys some just some more statistics? Being that I gave you the divorce rate, I'm, let me give you the marriage rate because the marriage rates are unbelievable. So. They're getting higher, right? I think they're getting higher. Mm, no. Really? <laughs> nope. Aww. So for for whites, it is 32.1. For Hispanics, it is 33.2. And for other races, it's 36.6. For blacks, it's 17.3. Oh wow. Oh. I thought it would be higher because I, I see so many people getting married. Right, right. I, 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 I mean, a lot of my friends higher. are getting married. I know we've been married for 13 years. So, oh, congratulations. Maybe, maybe, That's awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Maybe, maybe those statistics need to be updated some. They, they haven't updated those yet. Let's just go with that. Oh. <laughs> well, one of, one put of, it like this. In um, 20, sorry, sorry, you. In 2020, oh, sorry. uh, the percentage jumped, uh, let's see, black marriage. Uh, so black men, 51.4% of black men are married and 47.5% of black women are married in 2020. Uh, 2020. Hmm. Well, we, know why, we know why those numbers are a little bit off because it's more black women than it is black men, actually. Um, right. One of the things that I noticed when you brought up the divorce statistic and one of the things that you see is you see the the bliss, the utopia when things are going right, and then you see bitter hatred 
towards the end. And I think that one of the issues is that somehow, some way, in the course of that union, that person or the the person is deemed as the enemy. And it it, it leaves the situation very bitter. And then we all know when you got kids involved, it could be catastrophic. A lot of people, um, a lot of people are upset with the child support system, which is interesting because black men pay their child support on time more than any other race. Mm, but they have to. You hear the other, oh, I don't want to be on child support. I'm on child support. I mean, this, that, and the third. And um, I guess it is what it is. That's your responsibility. You need to take care of your responsibility. But you see the bitterness. And then when you, you, you bring the statistics melodic about the marriage and you hear the younger people and not saying that none of us are old, but you hear the younger people and they're very, uh, I'll say progressive in everything they do, work, everything. And they're not thinking about marriage at 18, 19, 25. They're not even thinking about that. Well, they actually say that they don't feel like it benefits them. Yeah. Uh-oh. I heard that a lot. Too. I'm about to get a will kick, Dion. What what is my favorite phrase, melodic, that you disagree with me on? What I always say? I always say marriage is a business contract. <laughs> Oh, she, I think to oh, a she, certain extent it is absolutely. Absolutely, I agree with that. I definitely agree. This is, this is my is. partner. This right. is my the, business the, partner. Everything is, Dion, is. That's that's the reason why I say it is because I don't think a lot of people understand the weight that the the first of all the weight of a marriage certificate in the courts, and then understanding that within the marriage, this is your partner. This is your business partner. Even though we know that the women always got a stash, your money as a man is her money. She's going to have that stash for a rainy day. This is something that we've passed down from tradition. Um, that That's not going to be your enemy. So I think that a lot of times people jump into the union with the utopia feeling and wanting to be la-di-da. It's going to be all this great sex, vacations. and But you're really tied to an imperfect person, like we're imperfect, for the rest of your life. Right. Or it should be to the, I appreciate the rest of your life. Because sometimes the, that stash come in handy when I don't, like, if you don't know about it, and <laughs> you own a house, something breaking the house, you'd be like, Dad, I got to go do some overtime? No, babe, I got it. I had saved this up. Remember I told you? Oh, okay. So I appreciate it, but I think that just came with time because I'm sure when I was younger, I, I've, I've grown and she's grown. When I was younger, you know, it's like, why, why you got this to the side? We supposed to have everything together. But now I appreciate it because I know sometimes my mind be on everything else that I don't even I need her to have that stash on the side because I'm trying to pay all these other bills, trying to take care of everything else. So I need her to have that and hold me down on that side. I do. I do think, you know, to, to, just to, to answer the question of the show, I do think the black family is not dead, though. I, I don't think it's dead. I think it's I think it's, it is going. I think it's going through a transition, transition for sure. um, like like most races and ethnicities in this country. Right. And I think that majority of the generation that's coming behind us are seeing how we are. The boomers are dying, and they see how like our generation is trying to hold it together, be responsible, taking ownership for 
being absent, um, I know a lot of men that I know, and I know Dion, you know a lot of brothers too, that brothers are really like stepping up. I mean, yeah. I know that society say a lot of stuff about black men. I don't know no black men that's not in their kids' lives. And if I did know them, I know that they would be addressed accordingly. I know um, that sometimes with media and society, it will have you thinking one thing, but the all actuality, I know I have some friends that are excellent fathers. I mean, the ones that are married, the ones that's not married, they show up and show out. Definitely the ones that got the girls. I, I got a son. Um, and I and I really think that the systems that are put in place, I don't think their systems, no matter what they come up with, we are very resilient people. Yes, we are. And our resilience, to me, is part of our DNA. It's part of our fabric. You will never be able to break a Black American. Well, I really don't I think like, they'll ever be able to do it. I feel like we are very resilient, too. But I feel like we need to realize that we need each other to continue on. And that's the thing. Yeah. Um, I, I just want to share some more facts. In 2011, it was reported that 72% of Black babies were born to unmarried mother, unmarried mothers. And as of 2015, that percentage rose um, to 77.3%. That's unfortunate because I still believe that both parents should be in the household. You learn certain things from your mother that your father can't teach you, and you learn certain things from your father that your mother can't teach you. Let's talk. I, I, can, can I just put, throw this out there? Um, Nick Cannon. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he has that's contributed to 12. <laughs> he has contributed. He has what, 12 kids? That, that, those, that's 12 broken families. Well, no, I actually, th I think, wait, he has <sighs> a couple of kids. Okay, so maybe like about eight or, or nine. I, think, I mean, I every, day, we're, every day, one of them mothers are coming forward to say what we already know, that he is not parenting and given enough hours. The third, it's been three of them already. I think two or three of them already now came forward and said that to the point she was like, well, I got my kid. So basically she don't have to worry about Nick. Right. Yeah, like, what did you, what did you think? <laughs> but the whole, I think I mean, that's terrible to me. You don't, you don't, my thing is you can say you got your kid, but that father is still absent. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. I think that one of, I think that the, um, actually, I think that the, the, the biggest issue it speaks to is that sometimes people do things because they think they're financially okay, which is crazy that this has happened. I think that Nick, um, it's unfortunate that he did this. I think that Mariah, Mariah has to be the only parent that's a woman because she understands like, yo, you, you bugging. Because at the end of the day, you're right, Melodic. Uh, Two-parent household is very important. And I think what he's doing, and you see it in some of his most recent interviews when he's asked a tough question. Because a lot of times these celebrities go on these podcasters and shows and they get spoon-fed questions and questions from their friends 
But sometimes you need to be put in a situation where you got to ask a question that's going to cause you to think. And I think that Nick has said some things in the last couple of weeks that have put his foot in his mouth. Yeah. Um, and I think that it, it shows to these women, like at the end of the day, what the hell did I get myself into? The bag ain't that serious. The bag ain't that heavy. To, to, uh, to, when he to, forgot his kid's name. Oh yes, yes, yes. Sure did. Dana with the wheel kick. Yeah. <laughs> I was just like, wow. And I was pulling for him. I was watching the interview, and I was like, he's not going for him. And he was like, um, um. I was like, oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That that's an interesting thing, right? He's got yeah. So, you know, I don't know. I don't know. Nick Nick is going to eventually, and, and you guys know, we all we all know because we all have children. It seems all good now when they're younger, but when they start getting older mm -hmm. and you, you know, you know, we see it with, um, unfortunately, with Master P and Romeo, that we thought it yeah. was one thing. And at the end of the day, Romeo perceived it one way and his father received it a different, perceived it a different way. And they got to right. social media. Right. And at the end of the day, like, which is a no-no. It's a healing. It's a healing that needs to happen. And, um, you know, you, you guys know if you guys got more than one child, some child may feel left out for no reason. Right. That's not the intention of the parent. But the child perceives it and receives it a different way. So Nick is, um, he's not helping the cause, I guess. Right, Melodic? No, I <laughs> Nick wanted to create his own community. I mean, we do suffer as Black people because what you said earlier, I wanted to piggyback off of it in reference to community. We don't have it. Right. I've worked in so many corporate places. And one thing that I saw is the Spanish executive that was sitting up in that office making 230000 When he left the building, he would say hi to the janitor. Like that janitor was his best friend. Mm -hmm. But the Black person that was in that same office would not only come by, but snoot you on the way out and not even look mm. at you after you said goodnight to them. And I saw that so many times. And I said, what happens to us when we get money that we turn our back on the community like that? Okay. We don't know community because as mm. soon as they start giving us gold, they was like, this is my act. This is my freedom. I'm no longer black. <laughs> Or this is my path to, you know, looking for white approval. <laughs> yeah, white approval, whichever. But it's just been sad to see. Yeah, so community. When we when we get that under our belt, we'll be a force to continue to be reckoned with because yeah. they still, right? Yeah. I would like to pose a question to the group. If we could all, if everyone could answer this question, um, I'm going to say D and Shika. You will be the first ones to answer this question, please. Okay. So married, um, are, uh, does marriage actually make people happier? I have the statistics here, but I would like to know your, your view. Um, I think that you have to find happiness within yourself. And I think that I had to learn that too, because it was a point where I was just unhappy with so many things and I was blaming him or blaming everybody else's situation when I actually had a chance to kind of sit down and self-reflect or speak to my therapist and find out there was things that I needed to work on with myself. You have to make yourself happy. I don't think that a marriage or any type of relationship is going to make you happy. No, I, no, I'm not saying that the marriage, um, that marriage makes you happy, but are married people happier than single people? 
<laughs> I think it's a lot that goes into that. Right, right. It's a lot that goes into that. Right. Because a single person that don't have no kids, that's just and living a jet set of life. Yeah. And then you got married couples that don't have kids that are just living a jet set of life too. It depends. Like, so are the kids, the kids complicate things? Oh, yes. Because so. you got to find a babysitter before you go out. You got to, it's, it's a lot of other things you have to do when you have kids. I love my kids to death, but yes, it, it changes. Yes. It just depends on the dynamic of your marriage. If you have those kids, yes, kids add a different component. So right. you're going to have happy moments at Disneyland. And then sometimes you ain't going to want to be at Disneyland. You're going to want to be. You know, sometimes you want to watch a movie with just your wife, but then your kids come and want to put on Louie or something. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Dana? I would say yes. I'm going to just get straight to the point. I would say marriage does make you happier. Only because I watched my grandmother and grandfather, my grandmother and grandfather, I think they was married like 50 something years. My mom and dad was married for 38. My aunt and uncle was 47 years or something like that. But I come from a family with long lines and marriages um, from deep South and all that good stuff. So I believe that it, it in the long run, it makes you happier. I know for sure my grandmother and grandfather, when my grandfather passed away, my grandmother was starting to prepare us because she was like, well, Willie Palms is gone. I'm out of here too. <laughs> we like, what, Nana? You know, and so I just believe in that you know, marriage does make you happy. You just have to find the right partner and then that's it. Okay. Mm. It's it's, uh, interesting that Dana went there because, boy, my grandparents was the exact same way Um, when my grandmother passed away. My grandfather's health went went down very quickly and I used to be one of them kids because their son died, who was my father. I got really close with them. And I seen how they interacted, how they argued, how my yeah. grandfather would literally wink at me and put a smirk on his face and start an argument just so she could go off on him. <laughs> and then he'd be like, I knew I'd get your attention. I mean, the banter, the love, just the, the chemistry, the, like I said, the, the way they parented, the uh, pop, you got a couple dollars. Uh, no, I ain't got no money. And then my grandmother going on Razier and pull out mm-hmm. money and just it, it and knowing their individual struggles of coming from the south to north and you know um I think that their happiness was to see that their kids and grandkids didn't struggle like they were they did and they they were able to show that happiness and I think that a lot of times now with with single people, I think single people are single and ready to mingle and doing them. But I do think that a lot of a lot of us that are single or anybody that is single, they miss that connection. If they yeah it's a connection that they, they yearn and miss and they can't just give it to anybody because it's serious. And this is like the um a lot of not to drag on with your your answer. This is like the um, insecurity that may set in. Like, I can't give you my time if you're going to bullshit and not serious because my time is precious and it's valuable and I ain't going to be on this earth for longer. Like, our mortality rates start to feel like 
I'm this age. I mean, uh, I have to be sure if I'm going to give you me because I'm precious and you need to handle with care because I've seen it. I have the example of, of, of what true companionship, true love, a true marriage, or a good marriage is. So I don't want to be wasting it on the jackass, so to say. So I think that comes in the back of their mind. Even if they are happy, I know people that aren't married, they've been with their mate for quite a long time. They may be happy. It just, I don't know why they're not married. They just have to be whether or not, you know, married or not. Okay. So I, I'll say this too. I think um, what you said me was, was really big because I think that what the what we show our kids makes us happy. That does make us happy because we know we came from we came from the hood, and to be able to have a house and show our kids that lifestyle, and I I think one of the best things in the world is when my son comes to to my wife and says, "I can't wait to marry a woman like you." Mm. Or when my daughter's coming to me and say, Daddy, I want to be with a man like you when I grow up. I think that is the best thing in the world. Because to me, that shows that the Black family is uh, is not dead. Because we're showing them happiness. Yes, we, we may argue and stuff, but we make it our business to make sure that we don't do it in front of our kids. Right. That's important to allow them to be kids. That's, yes. that's a beautiful yeah. thing. So, are you ready for the answer? Yes. <laughs> All right. So, married people. So, it was a survey done in 2021, December of 2021, and married people are generally happier than singles. <laughs> and they say that women experience um, a boost in happiness before the wedding, and men experience a boost in happiness after the wedding. Oh, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was thinking that. I don't have. So, you guys, um, let's. I guess after all this beautiful insight and information, let's ask the question again before we close out: mm-hmm. Is the black family dead? As long as I got my wife, we ain't dead. I know that much. We're gonna show. <laughs> if it's just us left, it's not dead. <laughs> I like that. I like that, Dion. That was nice. That was right on time. Dana? No. No. We we in the struggle, but we, we gonna get it together. Yep. And the chef up there, you you know, the, the maestro, man. Um no, you're gonna leave us with some last thoughts, Melodic. I always have to be optimistic and I always have to believe in my people. Yep. And I believe that, no, the black marriage is not dead. I think the black marriage can be a beautiful thing if you find the ideal partner for you. Um, again, uh, just back going back to what you said, Q, there is no perfect person. You're not perfect, and the other person is not perfect. You just need to be perfect for each other. Great. Well, thanks, everybody, for joining us, uh, Dana and Dion. You guys stay on. You guys stay on, and uh, we're gonna chat for a second. Um, and everybody uh, join us. Remember, like, share, subscribe, and we'll see you next time. Mm-hmm.
conversation.